Welcome to Artifacts. I'm your host, Marissa Dickens, and today's guest is a visual artist based in Portland, Oregon, Lane Colasar. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really honored to be a part of this. I was looking at your page and saw all the other like really awesome different artists that you've had on here, and it's, yeah, it's an honor to be a part of it. I always forget that this podcast has been going on for, since 2020, and yeah. I just keep interviewing people. And I, I love just talking to people. So I'm glad to have you. Yeah, thank you. So I discovered Lane and her work through my cousin, Nathan. Shout out, Nathan. Um, they went to high school together. And also, side note, Nathan was my first Artifacts episode. So make sure to check that episode out. But yeah, he introduced me to Lane's work. And I love the use of color in your work, the geometric shapes. And I love that you use the female body as your main subject, which I want to dive into that too later. Yes. Yeah. And, and thank you for, for what you just said. I, um, yeah, I grew up in Cincinnati, went to high school with your cousin. Um, and after high school, I moved to Columbus to go to Ohio state. So lived there for a while. Um, I actually lived in New York city for about a year for grad school and then came back to Columbus for a while. And now I'm out in Portland. Uh, so this I've been out here for almost two years. It's hard to believe. It feels like feels like longer than sometimes it feels like I just moved out here. I don't know if time is weird, but um, but I've been out here for about two years and I love it. It was definitely the right, the right choice to come out here, like for my art practice. I mean, there was a lot of reasons I moved out here with my partner, but, but um, my art practice has definitely benefited from being out here for sure. I read your bio and you are in social work. Yeah, yeah. So interestingly, I do not have any art, formal art training or background going to school for art. I did, you know, I did study social work. I have a bachelor's and master's in social work. Right now I'm a therapist. I do online therapy. So I see like mostly adult clients who live in Ohio actually, because my license is in Ohio. So most of my like kind of Monday through Friday day is involved with social work. Well, I have a lot to say about that, like dichotomy of like how to balance, how I balance that. And, you know, I've had to make a lot of like kind of career decisions recently around like the fact that I do want to pursue art in a more like serious way. And so trying to figure out how I can like kind of use my social work background in order to like provide the stability that I need to create art in a more like comfortable way. But my schooling was was all in social work. What was that trajectory like of going from social worker to wanting to pursue art? Was it always something in the back of your mind thinking, I want to pursue art? Or what made that decision? Yeah. So if I look back at like high school, for instance, like I always loved art and I did take art classes in high school. And, you know, I always felt like that was a piece of me, like an important piece of me. It was always there, but it just never seemed like an option to pursue it as my like career. As a kid, as even a young adult into my 20s, I don't know why. I think I can point to a lot of reasons of why it never really like seemed like an option to me. Um, I think part of it was that I hadn't truly found my artistic voice, like my creative voice. 
like I didn't I didn't feel like pursuing a career in art when I didn't know exactly what kind of art I even wanted to make and what art felt authentic to me. And so I think after I moved back to Columbus, after living in New York, which was at this point about six years ago, you know, I had a little bit more time. It was like kind of like my first social work job, like my first job out of school. And so I did have a little more time than I did when I was in school and a little bit more resources to kind of like buy the supplies needed. So I just started painting and I had never really done like bigger projects. Like I even in school, you know, there were like, dip, you know, like in an art class you do like there's the still life week or there's the like, you know, so like I was doing across like all these different things, maybe even like a sculpture here and there. But like this was the first time that I really, you know, got to sit down and say, what do I want to create? Like, I have this blank canvas. There's no one here telling me I have to do this. I don't have to make money from this. Like, it was such a gift. And I think it really like allowed me to explore my my voice. And so that's how I, I just, I, I remember um, one night and this was like six years ago, like I said, where I was just sitting there like, And this vision came to me of like this woman's like body divided up into like different geometric shapes. And before that, I had never really drawn anything like this. I had always, you know, drawn, like I said, some, a a wide variety of things. A lot of like, like in school, you know, I did like a whole series of like architecture buildings and I'm like, this is so not like what, (laughs) like my real artistic voice, like, as you can see, it's so different than what I'm doing now. But there was that night where I was just like, how do I translate this to paper, this like shape of the woman's body and divide it up where the shadows are in like an artistic, like geometric, almost cubist shape. And so I just started drawing that. And over, I I guess over the course of that, like next few years, you know, I just kind of was casually making art while also being a social worker full-time. And, you know, as I was doing it, I was sharing on social media. I was putting stuff on Instagram and, you know, getting some feedback. People were asking for prints of stuff. So I started making prints and that was really, you know, validating to see like people wanting to actually like have my art, you know, have, have it in their home. Like, so that kind of, you know, kept me going. And then also like just the the difficulty of the work I was doing at the time, I was in a school doing trauma work with kids. And so it was extremely draining for me. And I don't feel that I was fully prepared emotionally or mentally to be doing that work. And so I gave so much to it. It was my first job out of school, gave so much to it. I was like putting everything I had into like the kids and while I think I did good work there, it like within a year, I was completely burnt out. So art was also a way for me to like come home and like have this other separate like world that I could like go into after like this difficult day where I'm seeing, you know, really horrible, horrible situations with young kids. So that kind of also kept me going because I'm like, I can't just like come home and be in this space that I was in at work all day, all the time. So I need something like, I need something outside of that. So that for a while was kind of the, the way it was for me. It was just like, a, you know, I'll, I'll sell some prints here and there. I'll, you know, I'll just keep doing this as like a way to cope with my, my day job. And when we moved out here a couple of years ago, that was the moment where I decided I wanted to 
put a little bit more of myself into my art and a little bit less into my social work career. So the last couple of years, it's really been about like learning the trade a little bit, like, because I didn't go to art school. Like I didn't even know what, how to prime a canvas. I didn't know like what gesso was. I didn't know anything about color theory. All I knew was like that I had a sense for color. There was a lot of that. Like, how do you even hang a painting up? How do you reach out to a, a gallery space? How do you like so many things that I just like didn't know how to clean brushes so you don't have to like waste a brush every time you use it with oil paint and like throw it away. So it's like the transition from just doing it as like a side hobby to like, how do I make it more of my life? So let's talk about your process and your subject matter. For anyone who hasn't seen your works, like how would you describe your works? Yeah, so my painting style is definitely informed by cubism. So you think of like Pablo Picasso, it is geometric. It involves like a female form. Yeah, like I think the female the female form to me it's just beautiful. I think that it just lends itself so well to the softness of the the shapes that I'm going for. I feel that like the way that the female form can mold itself and look like all these different shapes is just so inspiring to me. I also think there's a deeper, you know, for me, a deeper purpose with the work is, you know, expressing like a piece of myself as a woman. And like, they're not necessarily like, they're not real women in these pieces. If you see my work, you'll know, like, these aren't like, I mean, you wouldn't be able to recognize someone's real face in them or anything. They're very abstracted, but it is like a way of expressing this like comfort in my body. And I think our conversation prior to even the, we started recording was about dance and, you know, me having done ballet as a, you know, middle school, high school. And I, I do feel like that experience of being a dancer at that age and like having to kind of confront some like serious, like body image stuff, which I know is beyond just the dance world, but like, it is very like, you know, you're under a microscope in (laughs) this world, especially at the age of like high school when you're going through puberty and all those things in front of a mirror, it's like extra intense, Mm -hmm. I think in, in the dance world, but again, any, anywhere too, but I totally no, you're right. Yeah, I know you. Yeah, you totally get it. It's just like, I look back and I realize like how much I, you know, focused in on like, the physical appearance of my body. And I think dance again, like you said, it's a microscope. I mean, you're in these like leotards, like you're basically <laughs> naked around all these girls all the time. And like, um, you know, being like looking in a mirror, you're literally looking in a mirror, like, at every moment of the class. And like, while it did like make me, you know, confront certain body image stuff, I think it also gave me a sense of like confidence in what my body could do. And so I look back at, you know, what my body was like capable of doing. And like, I, I feel that that is an inspiration to me even now, even though I like, (laughs) if I tried to do a pirouette now, I'd probably be like, extremely embarrassing but like um, like it's the idea of like you know our bodies can be so beautiful in whatever shape we put them in whatever they look like whatever they are in this moment and I think that I would love to be able to convey 
that sense of like presence in the body, like vulnerability, because like the shapes often that I depict are like often like vulnerable poses that, you know, do seem to be confident, like a, a confident look. And I think that just being vulnerable, like that idea of like vulnerability and being confident in my body is something that like has translated into my art. People that have like, you know, seen my work and have felt that like that same vibe, sensual is another word like people have, have used to describe my work. And I feel, I mean, sensual is a great, a great word to describe it. I think like it's, you're in touch with your senses, basically, primarily like at the root of that word. It's just being in touch with your senses. And I think that is what I'm trying to convey. So yeah, I think a lot about like shadow and light. So like when I do like draw the shapes, I often try to make the shapes look like as if, you know, there is some kind of light source and there is some kind of shadow and like get that contrast. I guess the process though is a separate piece. I do, you know, I spend a long time on the sketch. You know, some artists are extremely gestural. Like they just look at the, they have like a piece of paper, they have the art, like the canvas there, and they just kind of like add brush strokes and kind of see what happens. My art is a lot more Planned, I would say I, I do have like a very like the sketching piece is extremely important to me like I will spend sometimes hours just on the sketch um, it's usually like a little bigger than like a thumbnail like maybe like a you know like a printer paper size sketch and that's I just draw the outline of what the canvas would be and just like really plan out like how it will look the real fun part is when you finally get it on the canvas and then the underpainting you know that's a, an important piece for me now is because just trying to get that contrast so that you can really see like the difference of like the values like having some really dark darks some really light lights and then from there it just really flows with the color like it's just kind of like I don't plan it out and I just kind of paint the new year, like it's end of January right now. It's like, um, you know, 2024. I feel that there was like a shift for me. And this involved a little bit of just, you know, having spoken to some other artists out in Portland. Um, I was recently a part of a group show out here and the person and the artist organizing the group show, Gabe Wolf, shout out. They recently started doing some monochrome paintings and it, you know, we had this conversation where they were saying like the monochrome idea, which is basically just narrowing it down to like one hue, one or two hues of color. I and love monochrome. It, I just saw your new one that you did on your Instagram. Yes. I was like, oh, blue's my favorite color. And I'm like, she did a monochrome. I loved it. <laughs> yes. yes, thank you. And that's that's exactly what I'm referring to. Is that was my most recent painting. And after, you know, kind of exploring that concept a little further, I you know, realized how little I really do know about color theory. And I really just want this, this year or however long it, it is for me to be like a deeper exploration of color. And, and it's a little bit counterintuitive, I think, because it's like, you would think that like limiting yourself so much to one color would be maybe like less educational than like having all the colors there. But I mean, as, as anyone who's done it knows, like limiting your color palette is an extremely educational thing within the, like, just the learning process of color. But I will say this last piece that you were talking about, the blue one, um, it's behind me right now. Um, it was, 
a drastically different experience painting that. Like I can't even explain. It was like, I would say that once I start with color on a, on a typical painting, it would normally take me no matter the size, really like up to 20 plus hours. Once I start on the color, this one, it took me probably five hours once I started on the color. And I was like, wait a sec. After like a few hours passed, it was like, wait, like I'm almost, I'm almost done. Like that's unheard of. It was so like easy for a long time. It's like, of course, art doesn't have to be easy. Like art can be very difficult and like it can be all these different things, but, but it can also be easy. And I think that it was just this really eye-opening experience for me to paint that. I was like, wow, like if I really, I can achieve what I'm trying to achieve while also breaking down all of these barriers of the color, the having all these colors in front of you, it can be so overwhelming and it's like endless options. So really limiting the options. And then it allowed me to focus on some other things in the painting that I feel like I haven't really been able to in the past. I can't wait to see if you do the other hues because there's this piece, I don't know if you know the artist, his name's Wayne Teobold, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a whole like piece, just one piece of like these soda bottles or pop bottles, and they're all different shades of like like the rainbow. But I love that, that he just like plays with color. And I do like the colors of your other works, but like this blue one, for example, is using those different shades that like brings it to a whole other level. Yes, I appreciate that. And I do, I do know the artist you're talking about. And I think it is, it's almost like an optical illusion a little bit. It's like with the monochrome, you can see all of these different tones that like, if you clouded it with all the other colors, you wouldn't be able to see them as much. And I think it does add some depth. And I do, yeah, I do look forward to just exploring all the different hues and learning. Who knew color? <laughs> I, I know. I <laughs> believe me. So you mentioned earlier that you did a group show. So what has it been like to do these shows? And did you do your own exhibition too? Yes. Yeah. How, thanks was that, how was that like? My own solo kind of exhibition. That was the first time I've ever, you know, shown my pieces all just in one space like that. It was in December of this past year of 2023. And it was it was an incredible experience. I feel I, I was so grateful to get this opportunity. Um, it was a very cool space here in Portland. They have just like a beautiful little gallery room inside of a it's very cool multi-purpose. Like it's like a hostel. They have a coffee shop, a restaurant. It's called Lola Pass. Their gallery space, it really like felt like it was the perfect space for me to have this this experience to show my work. I think it was the perfect size. I had just enough, you know, just enough works to really fill the space. And it really allowed me to like arrange the space how I wanted it to be. So like, you know, which piece goes here, which ones go next to each other? What's the journey as you like walk around the room? And yeah, I think I was like, I was definitely like a little bit nervous. I was like, do I even want to like promote this? Because it's like, what if no one comes? <laughs> what, if, what if like no one shows up? But, um, you know, I, I, you know, I pushed through that discomfort and, you know, just kind of getting, I mean, that's, that's a whole other conversation probably is like, you know, promoting your work as an artist, and that kind of discomfort that comes from that sometimes. But in the end, you know, it was an amazing experience. It was up for a month and I, I would get these messages, you know, someone was just having lunch there and like would walk into the little gallery and be like, Hey, I saw your work. Like I really connected with it. Like, thank you. It made my day. And I'm like, Oh, wow. Like that made my day. <laughs> like, 
So, so that was, I mean, that was really, really special, you know, connecting with some people there and, you know, there was, um, a, a woman I connected with who is an art, like a curator of art spaces. And she complimented me on the way the, the space was arranged, like the journey of walking around the room, which really meant a lot. Cause like, I, I'm kind of, this is so new, you know, that was like the first time I've ever done that. So I felt like it was definitely like a validation of this is the right space for me to be in. Like, I want to keep doing this. Like, I just want to get my art out there and seen more. And then the group shows are amazing in a, in a whole different way. Um, I think the most recent one that I just mentioned, which is currently up right now, actually, it was just a lot of connection with other artists. And there were, I think, seven artists in the show. Well, it was all um, visual art. Um, and it was all like 2D, except there was one ceramic artist, but just very, very different, but still like all to kind of like tied together with a specific theme. The theme was beckoning spring into the um, kind of this dark, like January winter, the grayness of like a Portland winter, kind of like beckoning, like brighter, vibrant colors. And so there was that theme across all the paintings, but it was a very cool experience getting to meet the other artists, speak with them kind of like this, just like talking about, you know, process and art journeys and that kind of thing. So the group show is a great way to just also get other people to see your work, because I think like, I only have like a, probably a pretty small reach in Portland. I've only been here for a couple of years. And, you know, while I have gotten out there recently and, and really tried to, to get my work out there, I think, just the group show is a great, it was a great opportunity to just like actually network and like have more people see my work than anyone would if it was just me. And how would you describe the art scene in Portland? For you? Yeah, it is. Oh yeah. No, I actually, um, I'm glad you brought this up because it is really, it was really fascinating and inspiring to me when I first came out here. There's definitely a cultural difference in the art scene here versus where I have spent most of my life in Ohio, both like in different cities in Ohio and even even in New York City. It's very um, integrated into day-to-day life in a different way. So the amount of people that are creatives and just have like a job to make money is a lot more, is a lot more. So there's like this relaxed nature of like, the day job being like something that you do so that you can pursue your art on the side. That was new for me. I felt like, of course, there's always in any city, in any city or anywhere that you're going to find people. If you look hard enough, you're going to find people that like fit that fit the vibe that you're looking for. But I think out here, it was just like almost like an onslaught. Like I would just, it was just every, like, it was so easy to find these communities of people who are in a similar space to me, like pursuing a creative art of some kind, whether it's music or dance or visual art, but like working a job that maybe they do really love also. Like I love my other job, you know, but like it's acceptable, it's accepted in the culture. And so I think that the, just the amount, you know, the amount of galleries per capita, like it's, there's a lot of things that kind of point to that this is like an ingrained piece of the culture out here so I think it's a great way to get your foot in the door that's cool I like Toledo's art scene I think it's it definitely is growing it's not as integrated I think from what I'm hearing compared to Portland 
but you see murals and there's the arts commission that's really doing a lot to help yeah. uh, raise awareness about art and like opportunities for it so that's nice to hear that that you're in a setting that you can just take your art and just more exploration at the end of the day yeah your creative voice find a home for your creative voice I'm excited I'm excited for the year cheers to you in 2024 I love it yeah thank you Okay, are you ready for rapid fire questions? Okay. Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> Favorite yeah. female artist. Favorite female artist. I gotta say the Anna Leovi. She is a Mexican artist. She's contemporary. Um, I've been following her for years. Love her color, love her creativity just so inspiring I have multiple of her prints just to like look at because I'm just like it's, it's just love love her work what is your favorite color to work with Ooh, um I would say red and that has caused me problems <laughs> because like <laughs> back to the whole point of like I would try to like put red in everything and it would just be a muddled. And so I think I'm looking forward to like, again, really coming back to simplifying the color palette, but, but yeah, red is just, I think, I don't know. I just, I think it's just like a color I'm drawn to. And I just love, I love all shades of red, the crimsons and the violets and the, yeah, it's just, I love red. What was the last great book you read? Oh, last great book. Yeah, I think I just finished a book. It was a novel. It's called The Pull of the Stars. Oh, I haven't heard uh, of it. Yeah, it was, it's, it's a novel. And honestly, like, I, I don't know if this is the last great book I read, but it's the last book I read. <laughs> it's very, it was, it was actually very good and it's very relevant. It's actually about like the Spanish flu pandemic of like 1918. And so it came out in 2020. So it's like super like relevant with, you know, COVID, but it's a, it, a lot about like, like the, um, the role of like female nurses in these um, maternity wards in the like 1918 flu pandemic and like what they had to, to go through and it was really well written. I enjoyed it. And I, I mean, I love reading. I read a lot of just like novels and fiction. So just, yeah, that's. Oh, good. That <laughs> I love reading too. It's my favorite thing to do right now in January, especially if it's cold and stuff. Yeah. The, the blanket. Yeah. Favorite quotes. Ooh. Um, favorite quote. I. I'm, I'm bad with quotes, but I think I've seen this, you know, across a lot of different platforms. I think it's like anything you can imagine is real. And I think that that just speaks to all forms of art so well, because if you can imagine it, like you can create it and you can make it real. And it's kind of like speaks to like the infinite nature of creativity. Like we can endlessly create new worlds. And so I do, I do really like that one. I like that one. Any painting rituals? Yeah, painting rituals. I love listening to music while I paint. I have a lot of different playlists. I mean, Spotify kind of hooks me up with the the whole <laughs> day list. I don't know if, if you've explored that, but like, it'll tell you like 
this is what you normally listen to on like a Sunday afternoon. And then it like just creates like based on the last few years, like what you would normally listen to at that time of day. Um, so I like, I listen to a lot of like instrumental, like, um, Krungbin and um, just some like lo-fi just beats sometimes just to like get the creativity creativity going. So music is definitely a ritual for me when I paint. I often will just sit and you know look at the painting for a while before I start like wherever it's at. If it's like there's a few things done, if it's almost done, I'll just sit, play the music and stare at it for a while and just like let myself before I even get out the supplies, I just need to like figure out in my head what I, what my intentions are for this painting session. You know, like, is it to focus on this specific side? Is it to focus on bringing out some more bright colors, some more like deep colors? So those are, I would say my, my rituals painting. Yeah. Almost like a recentering when you're looking at it. Yes. Yes. Favorite place to eat in Portland. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. There's so many. The food scene is incredible out here. I would say, oh yeah, my partner and I, we love this taco place. It's called Taqueria Los Puñales. And it is just incredible. Like I've never had tacos this good. Seriously. It's just, they, the, something they do, the, the tortillas are just like perfectly, like soft but also crispy and like it's it's just a great it's just a great taco place we love it (laughs) making me hungry (laughs) if you could hang your work anywhere or paint anywhere where would you pick and why oh wow um I would I feel like I would Probably, this is like super hypothetical and imaginal, imaginary. Like this isn't even like a real place. You can so. imagine it. You can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess <laughs> I gotta use my own my own quote here. But um, so I would love kind of like an experiential gallery type of environment where it's like you travel somewhere remote. And like have this experience where you're walking through the gallery, but like in the woods or like can see some mountains around you. You're outside of like the city, like outside of like the chaos. And it's like a relaxing sensory deprivation experience where you're just really present in the moment. And I don't personally at this time know of any galleries that have that. But yeah, I know it's not (laughs) not like a real place, but... (laughs) I like the idea of getting out of your day-to-day to to look at a piece of art remote. I like that. Yeah, yeah. When you're not busy painting, what do you like to do for yourself? The first thing that comes to mind is to be with my dogs. I have two dogs and they are my whole life. (laughs) They, They really are like special to me and I spend a ton of time with them. So going on walks, but also just like, you know, being on the couch with them, reading, being around them is very therapeutic to me. So, so yeah, being around my dogs, I think is, is the big one, but yeah, exploring, exploring Portland. Um, I love coffee. So going to get coffee and going to coffee shops is like a big, a big interest of mine. (laughs) So yeah, that's about it. What kind of dogs do you have? What are their names? 
Yeah, I have a Dalmatian who is Bubba, name's Bubba, and he is, he's almost five. Um, and then we have a puppy, he, he just turned one, and his name is Bogey. It's like a little, like a, a mix. We rescued him. I, we don't know exactly what he is. <laughs> he's just a dog. <laughs> he's just cute. <laughs> dog. <laughs> <that matters. laughs> exactly. <laughs> You can follow Lane on Instagram at Lane Colasar to stay updated on her latest paintings and events. And then you can purchase her original art or print on her website at www.lanecolasar.com. Thank you so much. This was really a great experience to be able to share more of my process and inspiration, all of that. I really appreciate it. I love chatting. I was like, this is great. I get to, I get to learn more too. So it's always fun for me to meet artists and hear more about their story. Yes. Yeah. No, I really appreciate that. And thank you to everyone who's been listening in and stay tuned for another episode next month.